It is the world premiere. Your attention, please. It be too late to alter course, mateys. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. 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 How you do? Well, come in. Oh, look at all people. Your ghost host will be here presently. Chorus! Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor. Aloha! Betrays an aura of foreboding. And let's all stay together. Hang on to them hats and glasses. And now, anything's possible at Disneyland. Ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hello, and welcome to Remain Seated, Please. I'm Robert Leininger, and with me is... David Park. Remain Seated, Please is a podcast that goes with our website, RemainSeatedPlease.com. If you haven't visited the site, it's all about Disney parks, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and soon to be for David Park, Tokyo Disneyland. I'm so excited for that trip. You have no idea. This podcast will be about all things Disney parks and uh, all things Disney. Yeah. So why don't we get to our first topic? Our first episode is going to be about the sounds of Disneyland. Imagine walking through Disneyland and you hear many sounds and sights and senses. What are some of your favorite sounds that really define Disneyland for you? Now, we have come up with a list of our top five favorite sounds that really bring us back to the park experience. What are those little sound effects that really sell Disneyland for you and make it authentic and real? So we will each start with our number five pick. Number five is a sound from New Orleans Square. When you're in New Orleans Square and you have to take a potty break, as so many of us do, there's a little uh, balcony up above, and lots of the time you'll hear humming from up there. You know, I recently uh, had a conversation with my girlfriend while we were standing there listening to this humming. And we were thinking, what do you imagine is going on behind that door? She thought it was a woman taking care of uh, one of her loved ones that was sick in bed. I thought it was a lady doing voodoo. I'm right. (laughs) Because... (laughs) I, you know, I actually uh, haven't listened to the whole thing, but I stood there for a long time, and uh, more dialogue comes. And there's a part where a guy comes to visit this lady who uh, wants her to turn him into a zombie or turn someone into a zombie. So it is a voodoo-type thing, and it all fits of the New Orleans Square theme. How old were you when you first realized that that was one of your favorite sounds? That sound, I don't know how long it's been there, because I haven't noticed it until recently, actually. Um, I notice it more around Christmas time for some reason, and I always think about those um, those bottles that they have hanging for the Christmas decorations. And it reminds me of being alone in Orleans Square, and you just got off Pirates, and you're getting ready to ride the Haunted Mansion. Alone in New Orleans Square at the holidays, huh? Well, it's going to be pretty late at night. Yeah, midnight. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is just around the corner, and a buddy that we went to college with actually planted the seed in my head that the sound... We talked about the sounds of Disneyland that made it, and we talked about our favorite rides, and Pirates came up, and he pointed out the Tarzan Treehouse drums. I always knew those drums... I never knew that they were from the Tarzan Treehouse. I always thought they were from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, since uh, well, the movie 97? came out. Well, the movie came out in '99, I believe. So okay. since '99, 2000. Thirteen years. Um, yeah, I had no idea that you know those have only been around for thirteen years. But as long as I guess I've been paying attention, have I equated those Tarzan Treehouse drums with uh, with Pirates of the Caribbean? That they just go hand in hand. Yeah, and before the drums, it was the Swiss Family Robinson music. And I guess we should cue that music because I don't even know. I wonder if I hear it, if if it'll trigger something. Oh, you know it. You're right. I always equate that with Fantasyland. Fantasyland? Yeah, why do I always equate that with Fantasyland? Well, what's your number four? Let's get down this list. Number four is also from New Orleans Square. If you can't tell, New Orleans Square is my favorite land in all of this. Uh, both of us. Both of us. That makes two of us. Well, my number four is from Pirates of the Caribbean. I didn't want to pick a voiceover or a, or Yoho. So I wanted to pick something that is more of a sound effect that really makes you feel like you're there. So my number four pick is the clicking sound after you have reached the top of the waterfall. I did that's the clicking sound. I didn't know what it was when I played it the first time. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. I, I now it makes sense. I was like click it. The clicking from pirates. What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, as the boat goes over and you get a, a little bit of a waterfall which is it's basically the same size of the one at Disney World. Uh <laughs> the, the actual waterfall at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, the actual waterfall. Uh yeah, you get that clicking sound and it and, and you know they add that on all the ride-throughs on the soundtracks, and it it really adds to the realism of being there. Yeah, that's a great sound. Um, well, my number four is uh, it's got to be a crowd favorite, right? Maybe it's one of those things that people don't pay attention to; they just sort of take it for granted. But it's this—it's the chime from Star Tours. Of course, that's a classic one. That it's such a—it's so simple. It's five five notes. That's it. It's super simple. They even added it in the fireworks show for the 50th anniversary. And everybody knows what it is. Now, I have two versions of that chime. One is dubbed 2011. Was that not in the ride before? That more epic sounding one? Well, with the whoosh after it? You know, they I'm sure they like rescored the whole ride and rescored that. I guess I have to go back in some of my old original ride-throughs and see if this more epic version. I don't It could have been the file I downloaded. You know, people title it whatever. Because the ride wasn't even... Oh, shit. Has it been two years? Was it 2011? 2011. That it, oh, my gosh. Time flies so fast. Came um, out when Little Mermaid opened. Right? That's right. That's right. What's your number three? Number three is from Adventureland at Disneyland. And it is the sound of the boats on the Jungle Cruise. That motor sound. <laughs> them hit it skip yep the jungle cruise boats uh for some reason that sound uh brings me back to 
thinking about the old Jungle Cruise before they redid it for Indiana Jones and being a little kid riding in those boats, that sound has always stuck with me. How much changed after they built Indy? Well, the whole queue was redone when Indy was built. Before, there wasn't a two-level building. You would just basically walk on the ride. and uh, That must be why I don't remember Jungle Cruise as a kid. Yeah, well... Well, Not just that, but I mean, it, it almost seemed like a new ride to me about you know, yeah, when I, I mean, really started going. There were some changes within within the actual ride, but not many. Uh, most of the changes were the queue and the boats themselves. Was the sign of danger there? Because that's right by Indy. No, that was I'm 99% sure that was added with Indiana Jones. What's your favorite Jungle Cruise joke since we're on Jungle Cruise? Favorite Jungle Cruise joke. My favorite Jungle Cruise joke is, and here's the most dangerous part of our journey, the return to civilization and the California freeways. Um, <laughs> that goes to my number three. My number three encapsulates an entire more of a feeling than a single sound, and it's the sound of Main Street Station. I mean, that's all encapsulating of the... The bell, the whistle of the train, the steam of the train, the announcer um, uh, announcing the train's departure and arrival. That's that. The Main Street station itself, you can hear it from outside the park. You can hear it from halfway down Main Street. It's just iconic. I love it. Your attention, please. The, the Disneyland, Disneyland Limited. Limited, now leaving for a grand circle tour of the Magic Kingdom. With stops at New Orleans Square, Mickey's Toon Town, and Tomorrowland. All passengers. That was great. I love that. What's up with Burger King right there before New Orleans Square? What? Oh, Burger King. <laughs> the King. It's Mardi Gras. <laughs> But that has nothing to do with it. That is, I'm going to put a side-by-side picture on the podcast of that guy, that Burger King the bust. That's not real. And the yet. actual Burger King character they were using about five years ago. Well, interesting fact. I think the Burger King mask was designed by the Stan Winston Studios. And perhaps Stan Winston went to Disneyland and was inspired by that mask. Who knows? It's, it's uncanny how much that guy looks like. Burger King. How do you know that about Burger King being designed by Stan Winston? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's your number two? Number two is a sound I know everyone loves. And if you think of Disneyland, this is the sound you think of. It's the sound of the Mark Twain's whistle. That's a good one. Is it a whistle? It is a whistle. I've uh, On your birthday, if you can't get in the Lily Bell, and somebody awesome is working at the uh, City Hall, they will call the Mark Twain up and let you drive it. They will make sure that there is an opening. You can sign a little guest book. You get, to, you get to pull the whistle. They are all in a pattern on purpose. And do you know why? It's to let the canoes know that you're coming. Oh. It's, and it's very like maritime, legit patterns that you have to do them at the right time. Like they tell you, you know, it's like... I. I don't remember what it is now. We've only done it once, but you—it's like two longs and a short, and you ring the, the the bell is sort of arbitrary, but it's the whistle is very important. Yeah, I love the sound of that whistle. Well, what's your number two? My number two—I'm so glad—is returned. 
although it's probably not going to be around much longer, is from the pre-show for Captain EO. That sound was the equivalent for me as a child of, I guess, Captain EO, but as well as uh, Space Mountain. I mean, that was the Space Mountain sound for me as a kid. I love that sound, too, and it really brings back memories. I remember... A uh, little kid in the late 80s uh, waiting in line for Captain Neo. And I remember just being so bored <laughs> waiting for the doors to open and watching that bad pre-show video. Is it the same pre-show video or is this one more of a like a tribute video where we're seeing behind the scenes stuff? And I, you know, I'm not quite sure. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, actually. I'll have to look into that. What is your number one favorite Disneyland sound? I think everyone's going to know what this sound is. Cue it. That's the sound of that famous abominable snowman, the Yeti, also named Harold. I remember it, it was easier to hear throughout the park when I was a kid. I think because the Matterhorn was open back then because the Skyway buckets used to go through it. So there used to be giant holes in the mountain, which by the way, if you don't know the joke, someone said to Walt, how can you put giant holes in a mountain? And Walt replied with, well, it is a Swiss mountain. <laughs> Get it? Like, like, like Swiss cheese. Oh, mercy. Swiss cheese. I didn't even think about that. You cannot hear him in the park that well anymore. Yeah, you can't. Su- you, you could hear him a little bit when you're near the Matterhorn, but I feel like you could hear him much further away before. But Matterhorn, I just love the visuals. The you know that it's one of Walt Disney's personal attractions that he built it. It's so funny. I often th- forget about that because Matterhorn is technically a thrill ride, and Walt was known for storytelling. I mean, the Matterhorn tells a great story, but. Um, you know, not dark rides. That's the type of thing that you sort of equate with yeah. Walt Disney. Like, yeah, Walt had his fingerprint on this. Yeah, I've read I've read things online that said Walt would be upset with all the thrill rides that are coming to Disney parks, but I don't believe that to be true. He made Matterhorn. He had he was around for the idea of Space Mountain. Walt would like thrill. Even rides. I didn't know he was around for the idea of Space Mountain. Wow. Yeah, it was in. Uh, it was a concept. He was around for. It was in Blue Sky at the time. Blue Sky. <laughs> um, well, are there I... any pictures of Walt riding the Matterhorn? Oh, there's video even. Oh my gosh, I gotta see that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty neat. What's your number one sound? My number one sound is from an attraction that I loathed for years and years and years. I had family members that always wanted to go on this attraction. Uh, I and I it was one of the things I stayed away from. And it's the drums that take you into the tiki room at the end of the pre-show. <laughs> you know, Maynard was working at the tiki room like he does. And uh, I always air drum those drums. It's like a high tom and a low tom. Um, and I always I always air drum the low tom and a high tom. And uh, Maynard knew what I was doing. He got it. He appreciated it. I loved it. There's something about that microphone inside the tiki room. That sounds different from any other microphone I've ever heard in my life. I love the tone of it. It sounds good. It's so it's so flat and so dead. Like, there's no reverb on it at all. So you said you loathed the Tiki Room. Do you I like did. It? What do you I, think of it now? It's probably my number one favorite attraction now. 
I, I maybe not over Haunted Mansion, but it is way up there. And one day it just clicked. My wife grew up going to Hawaii. Her mother grew up in Hawaii. Um, and, and so I've been a few times and I fell in love with Hawaii. And I guess that that has to be the catalyst to me one day just sitting in the tiki room and I got it. It just, I got it. It made sense. Yeah, I, I always loved the Tiki Room, but I, I didn't really go on it a lot growing up because there was always so many other things that a kid would rather do. Yeah. But since I got an annual pass, I I go there almost every time, and there's nothing better than being in the little Tiki Garden area during magic hour. Yeah. During, oh, yeah, during, yeah, yeah. During the lighting. dusk when the light's going down and you see all the Tiki's coming to life. Yeah. It really is a magical little area. Yeah. And you also get the bonus of having a semi-shorter line for the Dole Whip on the inside of the queue. That's true. And people don't realize that. Sometimes I see the line going almost to Jungle Cruise. Oh, and yeah. People, and there's not many people inside. Although I still feel like I'm always rushing to get into the Tiki Room when I wait in line for a Dole Whip on that side. Well, you could just wait for the next show. I suppose. I don't mind either. I love hearing all the gods tell everything, but those drums. And let me tell you, I just pulled up this website because I found this the other day. Somebody is looking. These drums are really tough to find. You actually went to Disneyland today to record these drums. I did. Um, but some, check this out. Now, this person must live in Florida or, or goes to Walt Disney World all the time. The drum music at Walt Disney World Enchanted Tiki Room is a custom piece. This was done back in the 60s. So it was. it couldn't have been done for Walt Disney World, which is an interesting note. But he must just be responding to the original poster. Um, this was done back in the 60s, recorded at Todd A.O., which is, I'm assuming, some studio somewhere. Apparently, the drummer in Frank Sinatra's band at the time is one of the percussionists. And they also did the Talking Logs music for the six drum log tikis over by the Jungle Cruise. And this guy, he says he got this info from a guy named Glenn Barker, who's currently in charge of post-audio mixing for Disney Attractions. And they link to a file of the talking logs, which is different than the file you sent me. But yes. you can tell they were all three of these things were done in the same section. They're called talking logs. Yeah. Have, do you know what that is? Yeah. I didn't know what that was. I have the file here and I downloaded it. So those cool. are those um, like five uh, totem poles that are in Adventureland that people like to take pictures with. Uh -huh. and, and each one of them plays a different type of drum. Oh, you pointed this out to me. Above the Jungle Cruise, no, above the Mercantile next to the Jungle Cruise is a Tiki Drummer. That's true. That's a great little Easter egg out there in the parks. Um, well, that that clears up our top five. We should play them all at the same time. One, two, three. Sounds good. I love it. That's a new Disneyland sound right there. Uh, do you have any runners up that didn't make your top five? Let's roll over those real quick. Uh, I do have I do have a few sounds that I would just want. to I only mention. have one. Maybe I'll agree with all of yours. I liked your top five. Well, one of my favorite sounds is really a song. Is when you uh, walk through Sleeping Beauty's castle and you that, hear "When You Wish Upon a Star." That's a good. What one. What better song could you put in there? Even though it's Sleeping Beauty's castle, you have to put "When You Wish Upon a Star." It's it's the sound of the Disney Company. It's the song of the Disney Company. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just wanted to mention, recently, uh, I think when they opened Fantasy Fair, they cut When You Wish Upon a Star in The Sleeping Beauty's Castle. It's still there, but they cut 
they don't play the entire song anymore. They cut it off in such a weird place that it restarts. I don't like it. It needs to go back. Have you? Are you the only person angry about this, or is there uh, is there a lot of you out there? Oh, I know. There's at least one other one. Okie doke. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is a ride that doesn't exist anymore. The People Mover. I loved the sound of the tron light cycles when you enter the tron it's so funny when i was a kid i thought the people mover was the tron ride and i'd never (laughs) seen tron in my life but i thought that's what it was well there was a an attraction poster for a while that was only tron and it said ride Ride that, the people. That must have been what it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Tron light cycle sound was really is really distinctive to 1980s Disneyland for me. Nice. And then I wanted to mention my most distinct and favorite sound from Walt Disney World, which is the uh, generator from the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. <laughs> That's another very distinct sound, and the end of it with that screeching is—I just remember being in that uh, in the dark. Uh, what is it called? Boiler room, and it just adds so much to the atmosphere. And there is a generator in the one in California Adventure, but it doesn't have that same sound, and it's not as good. Well, what about you? Uh, I only have one, and it was in. It came to me when you were talking about the New Orleans Square humming, and it's the Morse code that is playing at the New Orleans Square uh, station. That's one, that is one of my favorites, too. It's such a good sound. And it, seemed, it was like one of the first bits of Disneyland trivia I ever learned when I realized there was more to the parks than just face value. And it's that that, that is the opening day speech that Walt gave. Now, I never, I never sat there... And and listen to it to see if they actually put a pause, you know, for a welcome, <laughs> or if they even do yay yay. That'd be fun. Yay! <laughs> how would you <laughs> how would you get that sound with Morse? <laughs> with Morse, I don't know. Very enthusiastic clicks. Click 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 click. <laughs> that's that's exactly how it would be. Uh, one other sound that I almost put on my list, but I decided to take off was the sound. Uh, in Pinocchio's Daring Journey, when the blue fairy disappears. That's you right. Hear, I saw that on your list. Yeah, you, you hear these uh, little chimes, and I always like that. That's a good one. Am I a bad Haunted Mansion fan that I, I don't have any any sounds from that ride that I love that much? You know, I was thinking that, too. Like That's my favorite ride, and I, I, I don't know if there's a... Like, the wood planks after you see Master Gracie hanging, but that's not my favorite sound. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, the ghost toast narration is my favorite narration in right, the entire yeah. place. But favorite sound, I don't know. It's tough. I know a lot of people would say the sound of the wolf or the dog howling, uh, but that's more of a Disney World thing. I feel like cause they play that on the outside of the mansion, right? Well, we're fans of sounds, as you can tell. I mean, the name of our blog and our podcast is Remain Seated Please, which is a sound you can't even hear at Disneyland anymore. Well, you can hear it during the fireworks the, yeah. when they do that, the 50th anniversary Because fireworks. they know that, that was that's what it needs to be. But I'll, I'll bet OSHA changed. <laughs> OSHA's uh, changing everything at Disneyland. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. You know, it, it was 
for the Matterhorn is where it originated, and they still have Jack Wagner doing the voice at the exit. In Spanish. In Spanish, the exact same way, but now he says, uh, instead of remain seated, please, he says, I think he says, please remain seated, and then he adds yeah, a little is, bit more yeah. to it. like uh, With your seatbelt fastened. With your seatbelt fastened at all times. Is it still Jack Wagner saying that? Yeah, I believe it is. Is he still around? No, he died in, I think, the mid-90s, but I think he did an update. He did different versions, and I think they Oh, okay, so it was one. probably from the same... Uh, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, let's talk about some Disneyland news. What's going on? You were at the parks today. What'd you see? I was at the parks today. Um, well, this week is the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, which just we, this week. This week, uh, last. I'm a su- terrible Tiki Room fan. I have not been there. I'm blacked <laughs> out now. You're blacked out. I'm blacked out. Isn't uh, that terrible? Which pass do you have? I'm a terrible Disneyland fan. Was yeah, SoCal? Was SoCal pass. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, last. Uh, Sunday was the exact date of the 50th anniversary, and they're doing a limited time magic thing where annual pass holders can get a replica of a brochure from 1963 of when the Tiki Room opened. That's great. you got to give me one of those. I'll see what I can do. You can only get one per person each day. Per day. Per day. That's the key. (laughs) I have have till tomorrow. Uh, What else? Uh, Lone Ranger premiere was last week. Uh, I hear the train is over at the Toy Story parking lot right now. Yeah, I didn't go and see that. I don't really care so much about that. I mean, I kind of want to see the train, and I kind of want to see the movie, but I... Now, you mentioned a rumor to me that if Lone Ranger does well, that there's the possibility of them re-theming Big Thunder. You think that's still on the plate with this huge overhaul they're doing? Well, I never said that was a rumor. I said that's what they'll probably do. I I don't know if that's true or not. Pardon me. But, you know, I've heard people, you know, people think that might happen, or the... If there's a Frontierland expansion, adding a Lone Ranger ride, if the movie's successful, who knows? However, wouldn't you prefer that to a Woody ride? Yeah, but I prefer something original. Or Me too. The Mark Davis, uh, what is it? Western River ride? I don't know that. What is this? Oh, you got us. Oh, oh you we'll, told me about this. We'll, we'll do another okay, podcast yeah, yeah. We'll about do rumors this, and things later. There was a ride that was intended for Walt Disney World that was going to be a western version a western cowboy version of Pirates of the Caribbean. That does sound good. Maybe they'll do a walkthrough. I yeah. I I wish we had a good walkthrough. He had so many great ideas that he turned into Omnimover rides and boat rides. That's true. You yeah. know California Adventure really needs a long dark ride like Pirates or Mansion or Small World or something that's 10 to 15 minutes long. You can just relax and see it an extraordinary amount of detail. Mm-hmm. I mean their longest ride is what? It's got to be Grizzly River. Grizzly River, yeah. Which uh, needs animatronics badly. Yeah, I mean, their only dark rides, the longest dark ride, I guess, would be, well, I guess you, I guess you could say Radiator Springs Racers, part dark ride, but. Yeah. Uh, I read a rumor, and it may have been that somebody was just talking about how much of a dark ride Radiator Springs Racers is, but the new proposed Radiator Springs uh, 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 Cars Land at, uh, at Hollywood Studios in Florida, it said more dark ride than thrill ride. 
but that sort of describes Radiator Springs Racers now, but I didn't know if that was a note that said that it will be more Dark Ride, as if there's going to be more caverns. Like, you were very disappointed in what we have here. I was disappointed that there was not enough caves, but I heard that Disney's Hollywood Studios is getting Cars Land without Radiator Springs Racers. Uh, no. That's what I heard. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying they're wrong, if that's the truth. That's... Well, they have test track. Maybe they don't want to use the same ride vehicle, but I don't know. How were the crowds today? Uh, well, I only stayed till eleven o'clock, and they were they were fine up until that point. But it's it was starting to get crowded. Oh, okay, especially at California Adventure. Tower of Terror was at fifty minutes. planning on doing these uh once every two weeks yeah once every two weeks i think it's loose it's loose uh well we do have some interviews coming up with some people of the walt disney company and it'll be a surprise as to who that is yeah we just kind of want to do something different and see what happens and these podcasts are going to be about 30 minutes to an hour on average and it will just be whatever our topic is and then a little section for news and Maybe you guys will enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, uh, hopefully, with if if you like what we're able to bring to you, um, which is some voices from the Walt inside the Walt Disney Company, well, you know, we'll send it out on Twitter at Remain Seated Pulse PLS, um, uh, and uh, we're also on the Facebooks, and you can hit us up. Uh, you know, we'll let you know who it is that we're interviewing. I think next week, I think I can tease it. It's going to be Mark Silverman. The voice of Rod Serling for the Tower of Terror. That's not a tease. That's giving it away. Yikes. Uh-oh. Tonight's story of the Twilight Zone. You do a really good Mark Silverman impression. <laughs> well, for Remain Seated, please, I'm David. And I'm Robert. And always remember to drink your Ovaltine. Bye. <laughs> Get it? Like, like, like Swiss cheese. Oh, mercy. Swiss Cheese. While at the popcorn stand, while an evening Well, folks, this concludes our show. There. That wasn't so bad, was it? I'll see you all a little later. You may not survive to pass this way again. Time to be moving along. And barrel around to see us again.